Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Mai. I am very pleased to have Anya and Dan. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. In the late 19th century, the Berlin Museum, which then owned part of the paintings belonging to the Ghent altarpiece, separated the paintings' fronts of these panels from their backs, which were also painted by sewing them apart. This harsh measure was intended to facilitate the exhibition of the panels and their inspection by an art-loving public. But it also served to obscure the fact that the panels were created as the ex-celestial objects for the for display in the church and to stress their characters simply as art. Is there something wrong with the display of religious objects as art? Did the Berlin Museum mistreat the Ghent altarpiece by facilitating its public display or should religious art be displayed like other works of art? So before we get, um, we dig into the question, I think we should start with the history and the background of the Ghent altarpiece. Yeah, so this Ghent altarpiece is rather fascinating in relation to its history because it is believed that it's been stolen plenty of times. So around, let's say, 1425 Mm -hmm. is when it was first started to get created. The idea came, the process of painting it started to happen. And it wasn't until around 1432 where it was finally completed by John Van Eyck. Now, according to the Met published in 2002, there is a Rhine Quatrium on the frame. And this frame highly implies that John Van Eyck's brother, Hubert Van Eyck, was the person who started this painting. Right. So then let's move on to the philosophy of this it is a christian artwork and it depicts many biblical figures and it definitely depicts a wide sense of color and variety um it was originally designed to be in a chapel and it was created for the uh berlin it's where it's from in ghent to be specific okay so something that i wanted to add with the history especially is um, when it was finished in 1432, I actually read that it was put up for exhibition on the 6th of May, which is actually, I think, John Van Eyck did that on purpose because on the outside, when it's open, there is a painting of um, John the Evangelist and the Saint Day of Saint John the Evangelist is actually the 6th. So, that's the same way that the altarpiece was unveiled. So I think they did that on purpose as well. Yeah, very interesting for sure. And I believe now, after it being moved plenty of times, it is now in the St. Bovio's Cathedral. And it is actually protected by special glass because it was removed from the original place it was supposed to be. So now it's more of an art piece rather than a... a religious... Uh, Peace. Right, right. And then we have to keep in mind that these pieces were moved around a lot of times. It was stolen from Ghent. Um, and then after the 
French lost and Napoleon lost, it was also brought back to Ghent, moved around here and there. And then some parts were even sold to other places, people, nations, so on and so on. And during World War II, it was even stored in salt mines due to the bombing just to keep it in pristine condition or at least the best to their abilities. And yeah, and all of, sorry, you can go. From my understanding, the fact that you mentioned it was stolen or like sold multiple times, if I'm not wrong, like some parts never got back to the original art piece, right? Yeah, there is a, like some people um, have the belief that one piece was actually lost, the, um, the last judgment panel, but some people actually think that it was actually replaced because the top three, they don't see a place where an extra panel would be where it's missing. The last oh, judgment okay. is interesting due to the simple fact that what we see on the altar piece is actually not the real one. It is still missing as of now. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so I think that so, like all the protection that it's under now is definitely necessary because of all of the moving and parts being lost and sold and returned and being under like poor weather, con not weather, like climate conditions. I think it's definitely necessary now. I see definitely where you're coming from. Now Now that we're talking about the panels, let's look more in depth as to all these panels that it has, because if I'm not mistaken, there's quite a few different and interesting art pieces out there. Because this original was supposed to be open and closed, it's hinged. And it's interesting that it's supposed to be like that, because technically anyone can just open and close as many times as they wished. So that obviously puts strain on the artwork just due to how a hinge works. It can only be opened so many times and closed. Yeah, and there was right. a time in the past where they would just let people come in and open it whenever to see both sides. So I think it's definitely been through a lot. So let's look at it when it's closed. So we see a bunch of, I would say rather dull colors nothing too bright lots of whites or dark red maybe pink green for sure and yeah. there isn't really something super bright compared to the inside so when you open it there's definitely this wow factor to it yeah so, i have to agree right right so looking at the very top left i find interesting how there's different scripts written and how the man is looking down I definitely feel like there's some texture to that book, the way he holds it. Yeah, I actually didn't even pay much attention to that. I was just thinking more of like the um, scrolls in the back um, because I saw that the two end pieces actually are, um, they are two, what were they again? Right, they were um, scrolls behind the prophets, like quotes from like chapters they had in the Bible. I wasn't really looking much at the pictures and more of the scrolls in the back. Right, right. So looking at the top, the two people on the far left and far right are actually prophets being Zechariah and Micah. But the two women at the very top are actually Sibyls, Eritrea and Kumia, I believe. 
Yes, and yeah. these girls behind them were, I think, quotes from um, something called an or or spell. I think it was from ancient Greek. Right, and I also find really interesting looking at the next level under it, how we went from four figures now to their being missing two because it's just blank rooms. However, this looks interesting because it looks like it's one big scene that's happening between, I believe it is uh, Gabriel and Mary. Yes, I think this was when he was telling her that she was pregnant with Christ, how she had conceived Christ. Um, one thing that I Correct. actually found interesting about that picture was like the words when she's saying, because it's backwards and upside down. And the, um, the, just, I read somewhere that it's basically so that God can also understand what she's saying as well as the angels. Yes. It's also interesting that she has a dove on top of her, which is supposed to represent purity as well. Now, if you look at the middle part of that part, you have this interesting city landscape in the back, which you don't really see in any of the other panels out there. So it is quite fascinating to see how much detail was put into such a interesting piece of art, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's fairly old too. So not a lot of like math was developed, not a lot of theories and stuff. So the fact that he was able to create such scales and um, like sizing is very interesting as well. Yes, now moving on to the last row, I find it interesting how we go from people in a sense, they look rather real to these statues that aren't quite human looking. They're obviously supposed to represent um, John the Baptist and John the Evangelist. But then you have on the left and right two normal looking people, one in red. And I'd say the other woman is, in, let's say, a very light red, maybe even pink. Yeah, or orange. Maybe it's a very unique color for sure, especially how it contrasts against the green that she has. Now, moving on. We, when you open this Ghent altar piece, you get wowed by a bunch of different, let's say, colors in a sense. It's very bright compared to the other panel when it's all right. closed up. Yes, because it seemed like a very uniform thing on the outside. When you open it up, it's like this. It's like a whole story on the inside, a completely different story. Mm -hmm. Right. So I say, look at the top left. I, we have Adam over there, and he looks extremely realistic, almost vulnerable standing there. It's quite interesting how him and Eve at the top right are depicted in this way, but everyone else seems to be depicted more, not cartoonish, but let's say less realistic compared to these two. Yes, of like everyone on the inside they seem like the most human looking ones whereas everyone else just more seems very godly right right so now moving on from adam one to the right you have this choir of angels 
And it's interesting how much detail was put into it due to the fact each angel has a different face and a different crown. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention to that detail. You really made sure. Right. Right. The... Yeah, sorry. So, right. the, the... so yeah, those angels, in a sense, are definitely playing the organ. Now, moving on one to the right from the choir singing, we have Mary. And she appears to have a very lovely blue dress. And I believe she's reading some sort of text. But I do love the colors on her dress for sure, how they contrast with this cloak on the book with the gold in the back as well. Yeah, the colors contrast so that attention is brought to all of the different panels. That was really Right, cool. and I also love the crown on her head. It's very pretty. Yes, it seems to resemble the choir on the left. I feel like there's this... Oh, you're right. ...between them. Now, moving on to... I would say the main person in this entire artwork, the one on top that is supposed to be God the Father. And I find very fascinating how he's holding this scepter. Yes, that is very interesting. I know that they, um when they have like coronations and stuff, they usually have those things as well. So I think it's still a big part of very like... Right, right. Um, and also the red, it just pops it's like for how big this altarpiece is. Seeing it and then this red just makes him stand out from everything else. Yeah, um, the creators really made sure to emphasize that he was like the main person in this, in the entire inside of the altarpiece. Right, and I, I think it's also interesting the fact that uh, Mary has a crown on her on her head, but him he has a crown like placed in front of him right right and now moving on the person to the right of our father is um saint john the baptist and he also appears to have this book or sacred text of some sort yeah i think they um it's really interesting how they included St. John the Baptist on both the inside and the outside. Really emphasizes that he's like a big part of the piece as well. Yes, I definitely saw that. And I also found that to be a very interesting design choice to have him on both sides. Now, moving down one, we have this very big scene, I would say, where there's both clergy, normal people, everyday people, and then angels all around this sheep or lamb of some sort, and it's also bleeding out onto the cup. Right. And I love that they added so much color to this piece that really draws attention to it. So when you look at the entire inside, your eyes really fall to that part specifically. Right. Right. And the sheep is supposed to represent Christ's sacrifice for us. And the fact that it's so big really shows this emphasis on this specific scene of what he did for us and the importance of that. Yes, that, that part really does tell a good story because every the, all the other panels really just introduce you to separate people, but this one really tells the story of how they're connected and 
So now looking at the bottom right of it, we have these migrants, uh, pilgrims in a sense, all coming on this big journey, of course, because you have lots and lots of people coming in. So we have St. Christopher, uh, St. Anthony with a bunch of different hermits coming by or pilgrims. And they're, they all appear to be somewhat connected to the big um, art, artwork in there where they're all trying to make their way towards it in a sense. Yeah, and I think with the both sides, it shows like a big contrast between those kinds of people and the people that they show more on the left. Yeah, so the people on the left are supposed to be the soldiers of Christ. And I do love how they depicted the horses because they're not standing as a normal horse would. They're kind of bowing in a sense. Yes, to really like draw more, even more emphasis, even like coming from both sides, the two different types of people on both ends to draw even more emphasis to the centerpiece. Yes, and as we mentioned before, the bottom left, the most left one, is the last judges, to be specific. And this piece is interesting due to the fact that it was never fully recovered. So um, in 1952, a panel copy was made. It wasn't meant to replace it because you can tell that it's slightly off from the rest. But it was mostly created in order to fill in that gap because we know there is a missing panel we just haven't been able to fully recover it yet yeah so that's a really good like point about the missing panel as well um so i think now we can move on into the question about religious objects on display yes well for sure right do you want me to repeat the question no you're good because the question is pretty self-explanatory at the end of the day should artwork remain where it was created for or should it be moved to a proper museum yeah. right so i think this is a very interesting question because there are two sides and they both have very strong points because it's very easy to agree and disagree with that question there are most definitely two sides to it. So I personally feel every piece of art, every sculpture, every medium that you use, if it is meant as a religious purpose, for instance, this Ghent altarpiece was created for a cathedral in a sense. It was supposed to be there. It was supposed to make anyone who sees it closer to Christ to understand the story and I feel like it should stay there for everyone because it's not something that is just art it means more to someone who sees it it's not an everyday object that someone can draw it's this grand magnificent thing yes that's an interesting perspective I I honestly believe that it should be on display not the way the way the hand altarpiece was on display, I think anyone could have touched it and opened it and moved it. I don't think that was what they should have done. They should have definitely put it in a more private area. But I think they should put religious objects on display, mainly because I think it really brings awareness to different religions and different beliefs. And it also gives 
people of a certain religion a sense of recognition and like they belong like it really shows that people appreciate what they believe and what they see i see where you're coming from but keep in mind this artwork was created with hinges its whole purpose was to be open and closed so restricting that the original artist might what what would be the purpose of the hinges if we're not really using them? So by putting it in a museum, you kind of restrict its whole purpose of this grand thing into a just another piece of art for anyone to see. Yeah, but I don't think putting it in in a museum makes it just another piece of art. I think it really it brings awareness, like. Because if it was in the cathedral or in the church, there's only so many people that could possibly see it. But if you put it in um, a museum, so many more people, even people that don't believe in the same things, can also see it as well. Hmm, very interesting for sure. Because I do see the point, if this isn't a museum, it will be preserved for a much longer time, obviously, because hinges at the end of the day also have problems right it's gonna end up wearing and tearing and so on and so on but by having it in a museum it will last a lot longer but at the same time it's still gonna I don't want to say deteriorate but wear and tear will happen nonetheless yeah so but I think putting it in a museum just works the best because many more people can see it so when it is good and it still looks fresh. So many people can view it before it does start to deteriorate. Yes, yes, for sure. So now comes the real question, which is going to be, do you feel like this artwork should maybe be motorized in a sense where you can open and close it at a specific time that would be regulated by a official or someone who works at this museum right and I think it's interesting how like an art piece or this work of art can have like both arguments and now I want to thank you for joining us so much today Anna and Dan I love that you both um, had really interesting opinions on this Gend altarpiece um, I really appreciate it. And this concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your sound uh, podcast. And thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.